0: Your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics.
2: One and, miss, and Mike
0: Byers has thrown his second no hitter. And 29 other MLB clubs. 2 2 pitch on Trout, and he
2: blasts one. Way back! Goal for Yellen! Tony Bellinger pitched one
0: out. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From the opener to launch angles to clutch moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town only on A's cast live. Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Oh, we're
3: flying without a net today, folks, as we are on the road. We are at the big A in Anaheim and we're going to have a great show for you. The general manager of your Oakland athletics, David force is going to join us in moments. Sarah Langs, who does an unbelievable job. if you want baseball stats, Sarah is a terrific reporter producer for MLB.com. You follow her on Twitter at S Lang Langs on sports. That's at S Langs on sports. She's phenomenal. She'll stop by and we'll talk a little baseball with her. And then Vince Catronia will be here with me from five till we uh, wrap this thing up. As we get to A's total access, as we get you ready for the athletics and the angels, it's the rubber game of the three game set And boy, do the A's need to come back and get a victory after what happened last night as the A's took an L, a long game. I think it was four hours and 12 minutes, and they would lose 10 to nine. And as I talked about it with Ken Korak Korak after the game, about just how brutal it is to lose a game where you actually was four hours and 13 minutes, where you play that long and you end up losing 10 to nine. That is a rough one. Ryan Dahl is back with the ball club as Daniel Mangdon has been sent out. So we'll i uh, think that announcement will be made in just a little bit. And we can ask the man who's making all the decisions. It's the general manager show that you hear right here on A's Cast Live. David Force is with us. David, good afternoon. How are you?
4: I'm good, Tony. Did anybody get any uh, sleep down in Anaheim last night?
3: No, I, you know, it's funny. It's like, I was just on the air. It's like last night I got off the air like 1245 and I feel like I'm right
4: back <laughs> on the air. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, the, you would think if you're going to play that long, you might as well try and win, huh?
3: Yeah. How, how brutal is that when you do play a game that's four hours and 13 minutes and you lose like the way you did last night.
4: There. Look, there were a lot of things that were brutal about last night. And I'm sure fans will agree with me wholeheartedly on that Uh to be up seven to one, to have everything clicking on all cylinders, early, pro far, grossman swing in the back, great, get a couple two outs hit, t- excuse me, two out hits, Marcus with a big knock. Uh, and then it's so deflating to have them come back and you know, you know Trout and Otani are gonna get you at some point. You just you hope it's not in the same game. So yeah, to then play into the, into the night after eleven and, and lose after having two outs, bases empty in the ninth. It, it just, unfortunately, we, we seem to have found a lot of creative ways to lose games of late. And um, it's too bad because our guys are generally playing well. Like, you look at the whole body of work and offense, defense, pitching, everything sort of looks good on paper, and, and it just isn't coming together at the right times for us.
3: Yeah, the guys are playing hard. And I think for me, David, yesterday what was really tough was Robbie Grossman played a phenomenal game yesterday. I mean, he had four hits, two of them were doubles. He had a he had a monster catch in the eighth inning. And it's just the way he was positioned, because obviously a runner at second base, you're playing in. He had so far to run. And then he got turned around, and that's when he got in trouble. But I said in the the postgame yesterday, I'm not putting this on Robbie Grossman. You score nine runs, I'm not blaming it on the left
4: fielder. I totally agree. Totally agree with everything you just said. I, I thought Robbie had a great night. I think he swung the bat really well the last couple weeks. Um, been a big guy for us against right-handed pitching because we're, we're not super left-handed, and, and we've struggled at times against righties. But Robbie swung the bat great. Like you said, that catch he made in the eighth inning was huge. That ball gets by him. We're not even playing in the bottom of the ninth. Um, and then, you know, you, you can't fault his positioning there. You've got uh, a speedy runner on second. You've got Dustin Garneau at the plate. And, and look, we all know that the most likely way for Dustin Garneau to beat you is to bloop one in, uh, hit something, just gets over the shortstop or second baseman's head, the same way same way we had with Roy the night before. And uh, so he's got to play shallow. Uh, the last thing you expect is Garneau to hit a ball that makes you go backwards, and uh, yeah, it was just unfortunate.
3: And I, I was really happy for Lou Trevino the way he handled it because you know immediately when that ball dropped, the cameras are on him, and a lot of pitchers would flip out at that point. And he obviously he was disappointed, but he didn't show up his left fielder, which I thought was very classy and very professional.
4: No, I I wouldn't have expected that from Lou or or any of our guys. Really, I mean our guys do a good job. I think. Uh, a lot of that comes from Bob setting the example that uh, that we're all in this together. No one's showing anybody up, and uh, it was too bad for Lou. I mean, the way he threw the ball, the three pitches he threw to Pujols in the eighth were about as good as he's looked in a while. He just went right through them. and Then he gets two quick outs to start the ninth, um, and it was just, yeah, it was too bad. He couldn't close the door there and give us another chance to hit because uh, we had the top of the lineup coming up.
3: Yeah, it would have been really interesting to see if Robbie makes that catch, we go into extra innings, both bullpens were pretty light at that point. It would yeah. have been interesting how the game would have ended.
4: Who, know, who knows how long we go. But, yeah, obviously having used, used everybody, Soria, Petit, Wong gave us three huge innings to keep us in that game. That kind of that gets lost when you lose a game like that is the effort of a guy like Wong to keep us in the game. You know, he comes in, we're down 8-7. Uh, He, you know, you know, Bob's going to try and get some zeros out of him. And he he was great up to 94 in that bat at bat against Otani. And uh, that's now four scoreless outings for him. So he's been a nice little boost.
2: Oh,
3: no doubt about it. And it it gives Bob two left handers in the bullpen, which is great. And you mentioned Otani when you scouted him. How much did you scout him? and, and, And did you know you knew what he could do as a right hander? But did you know that his bat would play at this level?
4: Yeah, that was a bigger question mark. Uh, yeah, anytime you're talking about a hitter, obviously hitting is is a reactionary job, and uh, you don't know how he's going to react to big league pitching. When, when he's on the mound and controlling the action and, and with the stuff that he has, you could pretty confidently make the translation to say he was he was going to be fine over here. But you don't know about the bat, and you, you think the power's real, but uh, he, he has been everything people expected and then some with the bat. And, and you look at the pitch, he hit out against Montas the night before. I mean, Frankie's cruising. He's you know he doesn't have his best stuff, but he's got good velo. And that pitch he threw to Otani was on the inner third at 96. And for him to to get inside of it, hit that ball to dead center field. I mean, he's he's pretty special. I mean, we we know the other guy in that lineup, maybe the best player we've ever seen. Um, but to have Otani behind him, that's a pretty special one too.
3: Yeah, the thing that uh, really stands out too for a big guy, how fast he is. I mean, this is, you know, I think back when I remember when I was reading all these scouting reports on him and these scouts were like, we don't know if he'll be able to hit at this level. I want, I want to catch up with those guys and go, <laughs> what the heck were you watching? This guy this guy can play.
4: Yeah, and he can run. Like you said, he eats up ground going to first base. We, we saw that early on last year in the first or second series. Some of our infielders had to make some adjustments to the way he gets down the line. But, uh, yeah, I, look, I'm not looking forward to a year from now when he's back to both pitching and hitting because just dealing with him as a hitter right now is a handful.
3: Do you think that will change, once he comes back and we know how good he is on the mound and what he's doing at the plate? Do you think this is going to change baseball for more two way players?
4: I think he's a unique talent. I I think what he's able to do at his age and and how physical he is it's it is unique. That said, we we've seen it you know in other organizations, teams are are trying to do it a little bit. Um, in fact, you know the the Angels have Jared Walsh right now who has pitched a little bit uh everyone knows tampa's got brandon mckay coming up through the minor leagues they um you know they're trying it so I, I think there's there's an interest from a lot of clubs in doing it and i think it goes along with sort of the trend in the game of, of trying new things um and and you know 10 years ago you wouldn't have shifted you wouldn't have opened you wouldn't have done a lot of things but you know a two-way player can have a huge impact on uh, on a roster
3: I don't know why fans don't like the opener. I mean, they just don't like it. I got to hear about it in the, post, in, in the post-game show, but the Rays used it again today. They've won 12 out of 17 games that they've used the opener. Why do you think fans don't like it, uh, and, 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 and why should they like it?
4: I was thinking about you last night when uh, when LaStella hit the homer because I know you hear it as much as any of us do. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I can't. Uh, I can't get into fans' heads, and, and, and it's fine. I, look, if they're voicing their opinion, that means they're invested, and, and that's all we ask for, right? Um, it it just—it's a change. It's a, and it's a pretty blatant change. I mean, a lot of things we do on the field that are a little different can be subtle. Um, this is this is one that is very obvious from the first pitch. It changes the dynamic of the roster, of the starting pitcher, of the lineup card. So I think it's, it's a pretty obvious change we're making. Um, look, I, again, last night, I I feel like a little bit like a broken record, but sorry, I made one bad pitch and then he he punched out two guys and he got through the inning and he allowed Daniel to start the game against, you know, six or seven in the batting order. So, um, yeah, I, I think I said the other day, what we need to do is do it more so that people are used to it, including our own guys. And, um, You know, I I think we will. We're going to keep trying it. I know we've got uh, a number of games in a row coming up in Texas and Tampa. And uh, if there's anywhere, it should feel like doing it is natural. It's going to be in Tampa next week, right?
3: Well, and I try and tell fans, whether you like it or not, the numbers show it works. Because you see the numbers of a starter. From the first time he goes through the lineup to the second time to the third time is so dramatically different. You guys have the data.
4: Yeah, and some someone said to me the other day, well, why are you doing it with Mangdon and, and not with Fires or, or some of these other guys? Their numbers kind of look the same. And I was like, look, if we had unlimited pitching, maybe we would do it more often. But based on the composition of the roster, I think – uh, you have to pick your spots. Daniel had struggled his first three outings up here in the first inning. Seemed like the right guy to do it with. Um, but, but look, the the relievers clearly uh, once one time against a hitter are, are usually better matchups. The starters have the ability to stretch out, go five or six innings. That's what makes them starters. Um, but anytime you let a guy just go in there knowing he's got one inning, knowing he can blow out his stuff, uh, a lot of times you're going to get better matchups.
3: It looks like he added another really good athlete to the franchise with your first round pick out of Clemson, Logan Davidson. Were were you shocked he was there at number 29?
4: We we were surprised. Yeah, I think it it sort of became clear over the last 24 to 48 hours that was a possibility, but we had spent almost the entire spring assuming Logan was going to be gone Um, and in fact I I didn't go see him myself because Eric had said a couple times you know don't worry about it we've got a lot of looks but it's really unlikely he's going to be there so we we started to get excited on about Saturday looking at some of the mock drafts listening to some of the the gossip going around thinking this guy might actually be there and uh, look, you know, we had said all spring, picking a 29, you don't know what you're going to get. You don't know what's going to be available. But to get a you know, a, a 6'4", switch hitting shortstop, kid with bloodlines, his dad played in the big leagues with real power from both sides, uh, it was exciting that, that we were able to add him to the organization.
3: You know, I, I compared shortstops, you know, because a lot of people know more about the NFL draft than the Major League Baseball draft. And I compared shortstops to what like Bill Parcells would do with tight ends. He loved taking tight ends because of the body size. You could either turn them into a lineman, you could turn them into a defensive end or a a linebacker. That that size and that frame for tight ends is so versatile. Is shortstop really kind of the same way in the Major League Baseball draft because usually they are the best athletes?
4: Right. They're usually the best players. I mean, obviously you go to any – uh, you know, Little League high school game around the shortstops, usually the best guy. A lot of times in college, best athlete, best player. And I'll bet if you look at the position players on our club and even on AAA, I'll bet almost all of those guys were shortstops. I know for a fact Chapman, Profar, Simeon, Uh, I know Pinder was a shortstop. I'll bet Steven played shortstop until he played third base in college. I mean, you look at all these guys, they started out as shortstops. You see the game, you learn the game there, and then you end up sort of moving around the diamond. I'll bet Ramon came up as a shortstop, uh, himself, you know, as well as he runs it down in center field. So yeah, those are the premium guys you look for. And, uh, it's not, you know, it's not a surprise. You look at our drafts, frankly. We've we've drafted a lot of guys in the middle of the diamond over the past, you know, fifteen years or so.
3: Let's end on this because I know a couple of people have asked. Because Martini, what he did last year, and of course, starting in the wild card game, and he's doing well down at AAA. When do you expect to see him back here with the club?
4: I think he's getting better every day. You know that uh, the knee injury he had in the spring was unfortunately just such a freak thing he got it you know got his spike caught on his pants went down and um it just it's it's not a a usual injury for baseball guys you see it a lot more in football it just it takes a while to work back so he is you know he's getting better every day uh he's swinging the bat well still needs to you know get some power in his bat move after the ball in the outfield but yeah I think uh Nick's getting close to the point where we would consider him if he's playing well
3: Good stuff, David. We appreciate it. And we'll talk to you next week.
4: Okay, Chris. Thanks for having me.
3: David Force, the general manager of your Oakland Athletics. Let's respond to some of the things they had to say next right here on A's Cast Live.
0: The time to secure your own terrace table with seating for two or four people to eat, drink, and cheer the A's right from these amazing new half-moon tables. With awesome in-seat ordering and exclusive discounts, this might be the best seat in the house. So grab your friends, family, or co-workers and come out early for a great day at the ballpark. To learn more about the terrace and some of the other exciting new ballpark locations, visit athletics.com premium today.
1: Want to take home half of the 50-50 pot? This season, you'll have even more opportunities to test out your luck. The Oakland A's Community Fund will host a 50-50 raffle at every home game in 2019. Tickets are sold from gates opening through the last out of the sixth inning, from raffle sellers, or at the kiosk at Section 217. The winner will be announced in-game and will receive 50% of the jackpot, with the remainder benefiting the Oakland A's Community Fund. Learn more at athletics.com raffle. Free parking,
0: free drinks, and maybe even your favorite A's players flying into your lap. The Field Box is a great way to entertain clients or enjoy a game with your family and friends. Located next to each dugout, now is your time to get in on the action right from the field. To learn more about the Field Box and other premium seating options, visit athletics.com premium. Or call us at 510-638-GO-A's. That's 510-638-4627. 510-638-4627.
1: Want to give back to the community, along with some of your favorite A's players and front office staff? Through the A's volunteer team, fans can join us in giving back to Oakland and the East Bay. Through your time and energy, fans can earn rewards based on the number of hours spent volunteering. To get started, visit athletics.com community. That's athletics.com community.
0: From suite plans to single-game suites, there's nothing like premium hospitality and athletics baseball. New for the 2019 season, food and beverages are now included in all suites plus options to create a three-game suite plan. Plus, select plans also include an A's Access membership, allowing you to attend every regular season home game. To learn more about A's suites, visit athletics.com suites. That's athletics.com suites. If you love chicken pies and a dynamic menu, then you're going to love the Chicken Pie Shop of Walnut Creek. You
3: have to try their world-famous Chicken Pie Dinner, which has been served in Southern California for 80 years. That's
1: the Chicken Pie Shop right off Main Street in downtown Walnut Creek, located at 1251 Arroyo Way. Parking's easy, perfect for events, daily drink and food specials, and best of all, great food. Check out their menu at ChickenPieShopWC.com.
3: That's ChickenPieShopWC.com, right off Main Street, Walnut Creek.
0: Streaming from the East Bay. A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend.
3: I got to tell you, every single time I come here to the Big A, it's 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 just amazing to me because I used to come here as a kid. And I saw some Angel games, I saw Rams games, and to think that this was a stadium that was <laughs> like like it's like a cake. They just cut, cut off the, the stands and took it away and rebuilt it. It's you know absolutely amazing what it looks like now compared to what a dump it was back in the day when the Los Angeles Rams were here and, of course, the Angels and so many great Angels played here, whether you're talking about Nolan Ryan, or the great Reggie Jackson. But what they did with this ballpark, and I know a lot of people have talked about it with, with the Coliseum. Why not do that with the Coliseum? But I've had people tell me in the end, it's just better to rebuild, because the infrastructure, even though you make it look newer, the infrastructure is still old. So that's why they say it's actually cheaper just to tear it down and build a new one. So, but what they did here in Anaheim is very, very impressive. I I like what they've done here to the ballpark, and if you, you'd have to, it was basically like Candlestick Park is what this old ballpark looked like. So think about how bad Candlestick was back in the day, and that's exactly what this place looked like, but they've definitely turned it around, no question about it. Sarah Langs is going to join us coming up here at the bottom of the hour. And I know it's something we deal with all the time, and I think David said it best that maybe for you to get used to it, they need to do it more. And I know a lot of people in baseball don't like it, but if you do it right, the opener does work. I'm, You know, it, it, it just the, the stats are there. The data is there. And the Rays used it again today. And their opener went two innings. Think how big that is. If you can have somebody come out and get you through the first two innings. Now, as I said last night, and I'll say it how you judge the opener, and I'll say it today, there's one of two things. Does the opener come out and, and not give up a run? And even David said, even if he makes, like, one mistake. But then the guy behind him has to come in, and he's got to do his job. And that's where the opener was a double failure yesterday, as Soria gave up a run, and then Mingdon came in and gave up six runs. So he, you could survive with Soria giving up the one run, but Mingdon going two, two and a third and giving up six, that's where the opener failed. And that's where Tampa has been so good. Because Tampa's opener comes in, and, and Stanek Stan came into today. How about this? He has started 16 times going into today. Remember, he pitched two innings today of scoreless baseball. He came into today with a 1.73 ERA when he's the opener, and he pitched two more innings of scoreless baseball. So he's got under a 2 ERA. It does make sense. Whether you're not used to it, and we God knows in baseball, God knows people don't like change. For some reason, this is a sport that people have a really hard time with change. But change is good. Change to the game has been good. We used to not have the American League play the National League. And there's still people today, they'll tell you that they don't like interleague play. And I look at that and I go, are you crazy? Can you imagine the other sports you can't even you can't even fathom it can you imagine that the eastern conference never plays the western conference in basketball can you imagine if larry bird and the celtics never came west <laughs> you like you can't imagine michael jordan and the chicago bulls never came to play the warriors can you fathom that no how about how about football How about the NFC never playing the AFC? Can you imagine you're an an NFC team and you never get to see Tom Brady? If you're an AFC team, you never got to see Barry Sanders? That's ludicrous. Like, you you couldn't even fathom that. People still want that in baseball. It's crazy to me. I can tell you now, as someone – I grew up in Southern California. I grew up about – Without traffic, about an hour and 20 minutes from here in San Diego. That was one of the great things for me coming to the Bay Area. I wanted to go to A's games because I never got to see the American League growing up. My first A's game in 1991. Well, the first A's game I ever saw was actually here at the Big A. But my first ever A's game at the Coliseum was against the New York Yankees. I had never seen the Yankees. How would I have seen the Yankees before? I would have to drive up here to Anaheim. I had never seen the Yankees. Now, the Yankees stunk back then. But the fact of just seeing that uniform and knowing what the Yankees represented and the A's, of course, kicked the crap out of them because the A's were the best team in baseball. But to see the A's play the Yankees was a huge baseball experience for me as a kid. Well, not as a kid, as uh, as a young college student at San Jose State. And then that's why I loved going to A's games, because not only seeing the A's, and they were the best team in baseball, but I got to see all these teams that I'd never seen before. The only American League team, the only two Ameri- three American League teams I saw before I – well, actually before, because I came up here to uh, some Angels games. I saw the Royals because I was a huge George Brett fan. And I saw the A's, obviously the Angels. And the only other American League team I ever saw, I went to the 1984 World Series where the Padres played the Detroit Tigers. That's hard for Bay Area people to imagine that you don't get to see everybody because in the Bay Area with two baseball teams, two football teams, you get to see everybody. But there's a lot of towns that only have one. There's only four. There's only four places that have two teams, New York, Chicago, Southern California, and the Bay Area we are very fortunate that we have always been able since 1968 to see all the great players come through town. But yeah, change in baseball, it's happening. It's going to continue to evolve and everybody, you just got to understand there's these moves are being made, whether you like it or not, they're being made because the data says they need to be made. And I know, I know not everybody's (laughs) on board, but, uh, So just adapt with the game so it doesn't frustrate you. Because I know it frustrates a lot of people. But we're going to see change, and it's going to continue to evolve. I think Mark Kreidler, who, who was on yesterday, made a great point. How the game evolves, but then there's trends that get out of the game. Something can be in vogue for a while, and then it will leave. Maybe it will come back, maybe it won't. But that's just how sports works. The bottom line, there's only two things you can do in this game, win or lose. That's it. And what everybody is trying to do is they're trying to find the right formula to win as many games as they possibly can. And your franchise, the Oakland Athletics, has they've always been at the forefront of change. One of the reasons why you have all these analytics guys is because of the movie Moneyball. Moneyball, the book, Well, really the book, then the movie, it really changed baseball. It changed sports. If you haven't heard this story before, before we get to Sarah Lang's, when Moneyball came out, I know for a fact that everybody for the 49ers, everybody for the Warriors, everybody for the Sharks, even the Giants, they wanted their employees to read the book. And I remember it fried some people at the 49ers but every single 49er employee had to read the book because they wanted their employees to say, you know what? There's different ways to do it. There's different ways to win. There's ways to save money. There's value. You don't always just have throw money at the problem to make it work. There's Mark Langston with a great San Jose state Spartans of all time to my right. He actually is the greatest San Jose state Spartan baseball player, the left-hander, the all-star, Mark Langston, always great to see him when we're down here at the the Big A. But just think about that. So when you're calling in at 510-897-1322 in the postgame show and you're mad about analytics, remember, it was your franchise that really started a lot of this. And then Tampa and Houston really got on board. I mean, Tampa, my God, from shifts to the opener to now having an analytic coach in the dugout in uniform, If you don't like analytics, Tampa's the devil. There's no question about that. Sarah Langs is going to join us from MLB.com. She's a great follow on Twitter. We'll break down baseball right here on A's Cast Live.
1: Want to add to your collection of A's memorabilia but can't make it to the Coliseum? During every weekend home series, the Oakland A's Community Fund will hold a digital silent auction through the MLB Ballpark app. You can bid on rare memorabilia items, including baseballs, jerseys, bats, game-used equipment, and autographed items. Proceeds from the silent auction benefit the Oakland A's Community Fund and its initiatives in the community. Download the app at athletics.com slash ballparkapp.
0: Playing in Hero Town, it's only fitting to get your group together to reserve the Budweiser Hero Deck. Located next to the right field foul pole, this awesome new space can hold around 100 people and a bunch of home run balls. With an all-inclusive buffet, now is the time to be the hero of your friends and colleagues by grabbing tickets and a cold one for a great day at the ballpark. For more information about the Budweiser Hero Deck, visit athletics.com slash premium today. Looking for the latest on the A's minor leagues? One of the latest additions to A's cast is The Farm. A look around the minor leagues with interviews, updates, and profiles on the future A's tearing up the minors. Chris Townsend for
3: nestbedding.com if you've been mattress shopping you know the cost of a memory foam mattress is insane and what do you know about the company that makes the mattress and the other one that sold it to you check out my friends at nestbedding.com a local company that actually makes the mattress they sell right here in the USA which means you get a high quality memory foam mattress at half the cost and shipping is always free I love this company local business made in the USA free shipping did I mention their lifetime guarantee mattress and bedding needs go to nest betting.com
1: The future is bright in Oakland and the East Bay. 15,000 local youth baseball and softball players are participating in the Future A's program. Presented by Kaiser Permanente, the club's new initiative provides complimentary jerseys and hats to local youth baseball and softball leagues. Teams also receive additional benefits and support, including development clinics, tickets to A's games, and more. Visit athletics.com/future for more information.
0: Looking to understand what makes the A's tick? With weekly shows with manager Bob Melvin and general manager David Forst, now you get the inside scoop into the green and gold. Download A's Cast today or head to athletics.com slash podcast to get started. It's time to grab your reserved space in the popular Connie Mack Club. The club space gives your group a private area located in Shibe Park Tavern for the entire ball game. The Connie Mack Club features access to outdoor seating and includes a pre-game buffet filled with our highest-end food package. This area of the ballpark is perfect for 30 to 50 guests to kick back, relax, and enjoy the game. For more information about the Connie Mack Club and other group offers, visit athletics.com slash groups. Now back to A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. You know what, now that I think about it,
3: I remember when they kept saying, Nolan Ryan's going to retire. Nolan Ryan's going to retire. I came here to watch a Texas Ranger game when Nolan Ryan, and Nolan Ryan hit Dante Bichette in the head, and he was gone. I'll never forget that. So the Rangers, that's another game that I saw here at the Big A. Ken Korak used to call games here back when it was enclosed. Man, it is a big difference. So we got the Angels and the Athletics coming up here in just a little bit. You need to follow my next guest on Twitter. She is phenomenal. From MLB.com, Sarah Langs joins us here. Sarah, thank you so much for stopping by.
5: We truly appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me, Chris. This is great.
3: Oh, yeah. You know, it's really interesting what we have going here with the A's. We're the only team in Major League Baseball that has a 24-7 streaming station on the tune in app. And we're the only team allowed to do it right now. So we're the guinea pig. And of course, we're the only team that has a live show before we get to our pregame show, which talks all of baseball. So really what we're doing is the future. So you just wait, Sarah. Every team is going to be doing this probably by next year.
5: Well, I love it. Let's make a great impression and convince them that everyone should be doing it. I love it. So you have unbelievable stats,
3: and that's why people should follow you at S Langs on sports. How do you accumulate all these different great stats?
5: Thank you so much, first of all. I really appreciate it. Sometimes I feel like, I said this to someone the other day, but sometimes I feel like I'm just throwing numbers into the void and like I'm, surprised when someone likes a tweet or is actually interested in something but it all really just comes from the things that interest me you know I obviously watch a ton of baseball for my job and I did in my previous job and I mean since I was a little kid and there are just so many tools out there and so many of them are you know just free and available like baseball savant obviously is a huge one and when I see something or it seems like a pattern I I have to know the answer I can't tell you how many times especially I've been in the ballpark as a fan sitting in the stands with my phone and something happens and I just have to look it up on my phone. Like, I can't wait till I get home and get to my laptop. I need to know right now. So, you know, that's where it all comes from, really.
3: And you're a big Mets fan, right?
5: Yeah, I, uh, I grew up a Mets fan. I did. Uh, I, one of my good examples of looking something up on my phone, actually, was uh, on May 2nd, Noah Syndergaard had that shutout he threw against the Reds where he also hit a solo home run and that was the only run of the game. And around the seventh inning, I started getting really curious, you know, like, is he really going to do this? What's it going to be? And I wasn't in the press box that day. I was actually sitting in the stands and I started doing on baseball reference. I would compare about three different lists because you can't search a pitcher hitting and pitching in the same game finder. You have to do two things that sounds more complicated than it is, but I needed to look up three things at once. And I was going back and forth and, writing little notes in my notes app, and I figured it out before he uh, completed it. And he did complete it, so it was worth the the time. You
3: are the best. (laughs) You are the best. (laughs) So Matt Chapman, you've been looking up Matt Chapman, and Matt Chapman, uh, uh, we get to see him every day, and there's no question in my mind he's one of the best players in the game. Offensively, defensively, he's a real special kid. But you're seeing a big power surge from him.
5: Yeah, you know, I think you're so lucky, obviously, that you get to see him every day. And I always stay up for the West Coast games, but I think it's so great you get to see him in person every day. And I think that his offense is really being underlooked, especially this season. He has the second hardest, hard hit, highest hard hit rate, excuse me, uh, of any third baseman this year. Anthony Rendon, obviously, if you check out the Statcast leaderboards on, on uh, Baseball Savant's website, he's crushing the ball. But Matt Chapman has a 49% hard hit rate which is second among third basemen. And you think about what he's doing for that position and all of the defense that we already know and basically just take for granted with him these days. It's not just that he's crushing the ball though. It's, it's everything. So he's got 16 home runs in 61 games. His career high was 24 last year. So, you know, barring something catastrophic, he's definitely going to crush that and his expected stats are up, which is really interesting to me and means a lot. So We have expected slugging percentage and expected batting average, which are basically based on quality of contact, and then the expected batting average will also factor in strikeouts. His expected slugging percentage right now is 530. It was 433 last year when he had a pretty good offensive season, so that just shows you how much he's improved, and his expected batting average is up a bunch, too, and strikeout rate is down, so it just feels like he's doing everything. He's making really good contact, really solid contact. helping the team, and really helping us
3: stats. So I'm down here in Anaheim right now as the A's are finishing up a three-game set with the Angels, and I just think about the athletes that are in this game. I mean, we saw Matt Chapman score last night on a wild pitch where he's diving it at first. He's a terrific athlete. Mike Trout is arguably the best guy we've ever seen. Uh, Shohei Otani at 6'4", how fast he is, And what I've kind of, we're seeing just one of the most unique players we've ever seen in the history of the game. You know, I know there were people saying, oh, you know, baseball's losing people to the NFL and they're losing athletes. I there's so many great athletes in this game. And I'm thinking of the guys here tonight. We have some superb athletes playing.
5: For sure. And with Otani, it's his speed, but it's also his hard hit rate. You know, he and Mike Trout are the two guys on that team who just absolutely crushed the ball. When you talk about home runs with a 110-plus mile-an-hour exit velocity and anything kind of like that hard hit rate, obviously Otani missed in time, but if you just look at kind of the counting stats, and I, I think baseball has some of the absolute best athletes. I, I, I do think ultimately I go to hockey, but that's like an entirely different conversation, and those aren't the same guys. I don't think anyone's missing anybody. I just don't understand how you skate around for that long, even though their shifts are two minutes. But... My favorite thing when we talk about athletes in baseball, and you guys obviously, uh, Dallas Braden is there with you guys a lot, I'm sure, doing those uh, CSN California uh, broadcasts, and he always screams athlete you know, when a pitcher uh, hits a home run or something, and that's one of my absolute favorite things in baseball. It's one of these weird things where, as someone who's so involved in these statistics, I know that there should be a DH in both leagues, and obviously you guys see that every day with an American League team, but I get it. But there's just nothing better for me than sitting in the stands or sitting in the press box and seeing a pitcher hit a home run. And yesterday, you know, another Bay Area player, yesterday I was at uh, City Field, and Madison Bumgarner was hitting these second deck batting practice home runs at the end of VP. Like, everybody's done, and he's just there hogging the cage until they're done with it. And he hit, like, six home runs, and, like, three of them went to the second deck. And you just can't tell me that there aren't great athletes in baseball because he was doing that the day after having a pretty good start, too.
3: Yeah, it always kind of drives me nuts. I'm an ex-pitcher, a college pitcher, but of course – Whenever people say pitchers aren't athletes, I'm like, "Are you kidding me? Pitchers, big league pitchers, were the best players in high school. They usually played shortstop. They, they, you know, it's like, I Mark Langston, who's here, he went to San Jose State just like I did. Mark Langston was like the top soccer player in all of the Bay Area when he was a kid, and one of the best pitchers. So it's always like, stop it when you say pitchers aren't athletes. And the other guy that's with the Giants that's very impressive is the shark, Jeff Samarja. You watch him take yeah. BP. Obviously, he could have played in the NFL as a great wide receiver at of Notre Dame. Did you get to see him take BP? Because he launches them, too.
5: He didn't. But you know who did was Drew Pomerantz. And that kind of surprised me. But he uh, he made some good contact. I don't know if he hit any out. But, no, Samarja wasn't hitting yesterday, unfortunately. So I'll have to wait for another uh, Giant series to see that.
3: So yesterday we had dual openers here at the Big A. Uh, And, of course, Tampa used one again today, and it worked again. My audience, for some reason, hates the opener. What's your thought on the opener?
5: You know, I have a lot of opinions about this. So when the Rays started doing this just about a year ago, and they made a big deal of it, and Sergio Romo was the first guy they were using – you know, everyone was so against it, and obviously, you know, it comes from different places. And I think a lot of people may have thought the Rays were doing it in part because they just didn't quite have enough starters. But ultimately, I, I just don't think—I don't think it's worth getting so up in arms about. Because the truth is that if you're winning the game, I, I don't see why it matters. You know, you can't really execute it correctly unless you have a really good bullpen. So I think part of what's turned some people off to it is that we've seen some teams try to do it when they don't really have the bullpen pieces to back it up. Because I think the most important part of the opener is actually the guy who comes in next. Because usually when you're doing an opener as opposed to a bullpen game, you know, if we try to differentiate that, that second guy is going to go like four innings. So he's almost more important. You need someone to come in and hopefully a one, two, three inning limit the damage or maybe two innings, but it's that next guy. I think someone, I saw someone talking on Twitter about calling that person like the main event or something, you know, (laughs) that you have the opener and then you get to like the actual show. And so that person's still not making a start. They're still not throwing six or seven innings, but they're really the steadying force that's keeping the game, you know, in hand. And I think what we've seen is that some teams in almost like a desperation move have gone to try to do this and they they don't have that guy, you know, and all of a sudden you're getting a reliever per inning and you're in trouble by the ninth. And if your starter gets lit up the next day, you're in a lot of trouble. When it works, which it works for the Rays, I think the A's have the bullpen pieces to do it right now. I have no issue with it. I think it's fun. I think it's interesting. It's something different, you know. I wonder how we're going to look back on it in 50 years, but it's fun.
0: Well,
3: you're speaking my language because you could look at the game last night for the the athletics. Joaquin Soria started the game. He did give up a run, but then Daniel Mingdon came in after that. Now, Daniel Mingdon's supposed to give you, as you said, length, four, five innings to get you to your quality bullpen pieces, but instead he goes two and a third innings and he gives up six runs, and next thing you know, the, the halos are right back in this thing. So, yeah, not only does... The, the opener got to get you, you hope for a clean inning. It's the guy after. He's now got to give you length.
5: Yeah, and and that's where you run into trouble because a lot of times that guy is the same guy you're saving as your long man on the bullpen. And then all of a sudden, if he comes in and he gets lit up, then you're really in trouble and you're in these one inning per, and it's not, it's not going well. But, I mean, I saw, you know, I, I covered the Yankees a decent amount, and I covered – the first start where they used Chad Green as an opener, while Paxton was still on the injured list, and so was CeCe Sabathia. And, you know, he actually he gave up a run, I think, the first two times he did it. But then they brought in guys like Nestor Cortez Jr., and I can't remember who else, but they were able to steady it, and the Yankees won those games. So it's just, I, I think that the focus is almost on the wrong guy, you know? Like, it's not the opener you have an issue with. It's who do you bring in next, and do you have that guy?
3: Well, and you mentioned the Yankees, and let's end on this. Is it just amazing what they have done with all of their injuries? For for them to be where they are, it's pretty shocking.
5: I, I, I am shocked by it every single day. So I was telling people this early in the season, the first, like, four or five Yankees games I covered this year, someone got hurt. I covered the game where Judge got hurt. I covered the game where they put Paxton on the injured list. I covered the game where... Uh, Tula Whiskey got hurt. And I also covered one other, I can't remember who it was, but it, and, and yet they were winning, you know? And I think it's a huge testament to Brian Cashman and the group he's put together, because I do think that even when they signed guys like DJ LeMayu, you were thinking, well, they don't even need him. What are they doing? And he's been huge for them. He's been clutch for them. Guys like Gio Urshela, which you didn't think anything of, and, I mean, I've seen him get, like, two go-ahead hits in the ninth inning, I think. And even, like, Tyro Estrada is coming through for them. But, you know, I also want to give a lot of credit to Aaron Boone. I think that he's managed that group um, and really kept them, you know, they have this next man up mentality. You know, I think we see it a lot in kind of the Patriots thing, right? Like, we see it with kind of other sports, but they're really, really, you know, preaching that, and it's helped them so much. I could talk to you all day.
3: We could <laughs> do this all so day. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we really appreciate the time and we got to have you on again soon.
5: Yeah, I would love to. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Take care. All right. Bye-bye.
3: Yeah, yeah. You, you got to follow her on Twitter. I mean, she comes up with, you know, there's certain people because you know by now, if, if you're listening to A's cast, you, 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 you understand I do those hits in the at the end of the 3rd and at the end of the 5th. People like her supply such great nuggets of information because that's what our game's about. In the end, our game is a numbers game. It's what makes baseball different from all the other sports. It's truly a numbers game. Everything is recorded. Everything these great athletes do, there's a number for it. Everything One of them is something I'm going to give you later on today. So if you remember yesterday, we went over. You know what? I'm going to save that. Yesterday, we went over this, and it happened. There's a record out there that I'm going to talk about. I'm also going to do it in the game today, but I'll do it for you guys first. There's a number out there. The Angels are on pace to shatter a record, and it's not a record you want. We'll talk about it right here on A's Cast Live.
1: Want to give back to the community along with some of your favorite A's players and front office staff? Through the A's volunteer team, fans can join us in giving back to Oakland and the East Bay. Through your time and energy, fans can earn rewards based on the number of hours spent volunteering. To get started, visit athletics.com slash community. That's athletics.com slash community.
0: Now is the time to secure your own terrace table with seating for two or four people to eat, drink, and cheer the A's right from these amazing new half-moon tables. With awesome in-seat ordering and exclusive discounts, this might be the best seat in the house. So grab your friends, family, or coworkers and come out early for a great day at the ballpark. To learn more about the terrace and some of the other exciting new ballpark locations, visit athletics.com slash premium today.
1: Want to take home half of the 50-50 pot? This season, you'll have even more opportunities to test out your luck. The Oakland A's Community Fund will host a 50-50 raffle at every home game in 2019. Tickets are sold from gates opening through the last out of the sixth inning, from raffle sellers or at the kiosk at Section 217. The winner will be announced in-game and will receive 50% of the jackpot, with the remainder benefiting the Oakland A's Community Fund. Learn more at athletics.com raffle.
0: From sweet plans to single game suites, there's nothing like premium hospitality and athletics baseball. New for the 2019 season, food and beverages are now included in all suites plus options to create a three game suite plan. Plus select plans also include an A's access membership, allowing you to attend every regular season home game. To learn more about A's suites, visit athletics.com suites. That's athletics.com suites. If you're a baseball fan and a parent, you've probably had to explain to your kid that a 2-2 count isn't something a ballerina wears. As a parent or even a sibling, you may have also had to explain that a makeup game doesn't involve lipstick or mascara. But as a parent and an A's fan, we do hope you know about our new A's stomping ground. This awesome space is open and waiting for you From awesome new games for kids to interactive activities, the A Stomping Ground is right for you and your family. So the next time the kids want to know what a sandwich pick is or who got that 2-2 pitch, you will know it's time to go to a ball game and visit the A Stomping Ground, a free area in right field for kids and families. Visit athletics.com slash stompingground to learn today. That's athletics.com slash stompingground. Now back to A's Cast, Live. A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend.
3: Oh, I just reminiscing about the good old days. Somebody uh, just texted in. Remember, you can text me at 510-897-1322. They said the Rams used to play here. Oh, yeah, the Rams. The Rams played at the L.A. Coliseum, and then they came down here to Anaheim, and they played here up until they left in 95, and the Raiders played at the Coliseum, and they came back, obviously, to Oakland. So, yeah, the Rams played here for years. 15 years? Yeah, the Rams played here for – so this was a dual facility. This is what the 70s were, the 60s and the 70s. Everybody everybody had a dual facility. The A's and the Raiders, the, 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 the Giants and the 49ers, the Padres and the Chargers, the Angels and the Rams – steelers and pirates reds and Bengals, uh twins and vikings i mean you could just down the line everybody played football and baseball at the same place and then in the 90s everybody wanted their own digs and here came camden yards and the rest is history okay what was i gonna i forgot what i just teased what was i gonna talk oh oh this is this record is insane so last night There were two wild pitches in the game by the Angels. So going into last night, they're on pace. Okay, in 162 games, they're on pace as of last night to throw 104 wild pitches. 104. And then they had two more. So now they're on pace for even more. The record was the 2016 Astros. They had 98. 98, can you imagine? You're on pace to throw a wild pitch. (laughs) It's like almost every game. That is absolutely insane. Here's another thing that's insane, and this has been a big thing in baseball right now. We talked about it a little bit yesterday. An actual no-hitter in the minor leagues was going on, and, oh, my God, a batter actually bunted and people absolutely flipped out. Let's hear the highlight. Matt Lipka runs a bunt up the first baseline, fielded by Bode, he's going to shuffle the first base, won't be in time. Matt Lipka bunts his way on to finish off the
0: no-hitter.
4: And they are booing Lipka.
0: Lipka all smiles at first base as he bunts his way on to break up the no-hitter with one out in the ninth inning.
3: And then you had the war of words after the game where the benches actually cleared. This was not your standard no-hitter. This wasn't one pitcher. This was a four-pitcher no-hit deal. And a lot of different people have been weighing in on how they feel about it. Here's Trevor's story. It's definitely score-related. It's tough to put the number on it, but three is right on the margin of it could go either way two or one obviously the object of the game is to win it's not to get a no it's not to get no hit the way i feel about it if you have a game where a guy is throwing a no hitter first of all the, the combined no hitter means nothing to me like what do you really get credit for you don't get credit for a no hitter that's not going on your resume i was i was part of a five pitch no 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 hitter is one guy. Perfect game is one guy. And if you got a guy throwing a no hitter and the score's like I don't know 8 nothing, 7 nothing, then that's when I'm saying you don't bunt. That's when I'm saying no, that 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 you shouldn't do that. But if the game's on the line and it's one nothing, two nothing, your job as a professional athlete is to not Help this guy get a no hitter. Your job is to win games, and if they're giving you the bunt, I got no problem with that. Billy Hamilton, the Royals said, if it was one zip or three zip, doesn't matter. You can win. You can't win if you don't score. You can't score if you don't get on base. I'd do it. And then you have the then you have the the classic old school unwritten rule, guys. How about King Felix? Heck no, no chance. You can't do that. That's disrespectful. You try to get a hit, swing the bat. So you're going to have the old school theory about that. But for me, uh, and you guys can weigh in too at 510-897-1322. That's 510-897-1322. You can text in, text in. We're not taking calls yet on this program. But the object is to win the game. The object is not to make sure this guy gets a no-hitter. That's not your job. We're going to have old school. We'll, we'll have old school coming up here at 5 o'clock with Vince Catronio. But, yeah, so if it's 7 nothing, don't bunt. But if it's one nothing, 2 nothing, you're in the 8th or ninth inning, and they're shifting on you, that's the other thing. With the way baseball's going, if someone's giving you a hit, whether it's a base hit or a bunt, you take it. All day long. I, I wish we would see more of that against the shift. But the fact is, modern day players, and you can see it during BP. I know a lot of people probably don't watch it or don't get a chance to see it. I like to pay attention to it. These guys can't bunt. And that's why when people call the post game show and they say, well, these guys, but they can't. It's a skill that they just. That has gone, you know. We talked about the game evolving. You know, the days of Brett Butler bunting all the time, those are over. And these kids, they're not being taught. And even at the highest level, I, I look at these guys trying to bunt in just regular BP with a BP pitcher, and they're not good at it. There's a skill to bunting. There's a skill to deadening the ball. And something that my generation was taught bunting was easy. But these guys don't do it. Why? Because you're not going to get to the big leagues bunting. You're not going to make millions of dollars bunting. You're not going to go to a showcase as a kid who's trying to get a Division One scholarship and trying to get drafted. You're not going to bunt. When Eric Kubota shows up, you know, when David Force shows up, and you know you got all these people scouting you, whether it's at a game or a showcase, you're gripping and ripping it because that's how you're going to get drafted. That's how you're going to get the Division One scholarship. That's how you're going to get your education paid for. You're not going to get your education uh, paid for by bunting. And so when people say to me all the time, it's kind of frustrating. It's like, well, why didn't they bunt? I got got the call last night. Someone said, well, why didn't they bunt in that inning? You know, when when Robbie Grossman hit the double in the ninth inning, why don't they bunt? Well, how good of a bunter do you think Ramon Laureano is? Profar should be able to bunt. You're not going to do it at that point when there's already an out. I think Profar should be a guy, because of his skill set, And his speed he should be able but you don't see it people don't want to give up outs in this game anymore and the thing is when you're a bad bunter whether you pop it up or you bunt it basically right back to the pitcher he throws the third base and the guy at second base is going to be a dead duck you see that so much in baseball you see so many bad bunts and you're thinking oh you're gonna you're gonna sack the guy over to third and majority of these pitchers are good enough athletes to get off that mound and throw the guy out at third base. And, and now you went from having a guy in scoring position with nobody out to now one out with a guy on first base. Trust me, I wish they could bunt. I wish we would see it. I wish it, it is a great skill. I also love hit and run. I love seeing guys being able to shoot the ball into right field and move that runner from first base to third base. But once again, that style of baseball – we just don't see it that often because everybody want. To, what did they say? Chicks dig the long ball. Everybody's trying to hit the ball out of the ballpark. Everybody's trying to put the ball in the air, especially with all these shifts. Everybody's trying to get the ball in the air. All right, coming up, we're going to hear from Vince Catronio. Has come up from the clubhouse. We'll talk about a little news today. Daniel Mingdon's been sent out. Ryan Dahl back in. We'll talk about all right here on A's Cast Live.
0: Looking to understand what makes the A's tick? With weekly shows with manager Bob Melvin and general manager David Forst, now you get the inside scoop into the green and gold. Download A's Cast today or head to athletics.com slash podcast to get started.
1: The future is bright in Oakland and the East Bay. 15,000 local youth baseball and softball players are participating in the Future A's program. Presented by Kaiser Permanente. The club's new initiative provides complimentary jerseys and hats to local youth baseball and softball leagues. Teams also receive additional benefits and support, including development clinics, tickets to A's games, and more. Visit athletics.com future for more information.
0: Who doesn't love a good happy hour? The Cornerstone gives your group a unique happy hour experience. The area treats up to 40 to 50 guests with a package that includes food and beverage, along with an intimate pregame experience. Plus, the experience comes with an awesome seating option that we can build to fit your needs. To learn more about the Cornerstone and other unique group experiences, visit athletics.com slash groups. Athletics.com slash groups. Playing in Hero Town, it's only fitting to get your group together to reserve the Budweiser Hero Deck. Located next to the right field foul pole, this awesome new space can hold around 100 people and a bunch of home run balls. With an all-inclusive buffet, now is the time to be the hero of your friends and colleagues by grabbing tickets and a cold one for a great day at the ballpark. For more information about the Budweiser Hero Deck, visit athletics.com premium today. Looking to take A's Cast on the road with you on your next jog or road trip? Head over to athletics.com slash podcasts and you can download episodes of Taking Effect, Green and Gold History, A Season on the Road, and more. Visit athletics.com slash podcasts today. It's time to grab your reserved space in the popular Connie Mack Club. The club space gives your group a private area located in Shive Park Tavern for the entire ball game. The Connie Mack Club features access to outdoor seating and includes a pre-game buffet filled with our highest-end food package. This area of the ballpark is perfect for 30 to 50 guests to kick back, relax, and enjoy the game. For more information about the Connie Mack Club and other group offers, visit athletics.com slash groups.
1: Hey kids, have you ever wanted to run the bases like your favorite A's player? Well here's your chance. Children ages 14 and under can come onto the field following most Sunday home games and race around the bases with A's mascot Stomper there to cheer them on. Make sure to pack your running shoes so you can show off your speed. Race Around the Bases is brought to you by the Oakland A's Community Fund.
0: This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. other MLB clubs.
1: 2-2 pitch on Trout,
2: and he blasts one. Way back! Goal! It. Tony Bellinger one out.
0: Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From the opener to launch angles to clutch moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us. Next, from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend.
3: We're just chatting with one of the great angels of all time, one of the great Bay Area athletes of all time, Mark Langston, former San Jose State Spartan. Vince Catronio is with us here. How are we doing, Vinny?
2: You do the secret handshake? You guys sing the fight song together? Totally. That's my guy. I don't Believe me. <laughs> Every year I know when he comes on, he's your guy.
3: <laughs> and he was one of the great soccer players yeah, in Bay Area history missed, back missed in the day. calling. Were you better in soccer or baseball? What were you better at?
6: <laughs> <laughs> made more money at it that's for
2: sure <laughs> <laughs> uh, mark langson he's the best all right so
3: Vinny, um how cool. are you
2: this is cool i'm kind of casual with you kind of laying back thought you'd bring me like a little fruit plate or something i didn't get anything from you
3: this is the thing about being streaming versus being on regular radio radio Regular radio, everybody is so panicked about every little second of being on. Like that little pause we just had right there, Mm -hmm. like a program director would be flipping out. Like here, it's, it's more casual. And I think this, you know, this is the future. And one of the reasons why it's the future is because the younger crowd is into this kind of stuff. And I think that's what, when you look at like The Athletic and you look at podcast, because in my career recently, All these consultants have been coming in and telling us that everything's got to be shorter. People don't want to listen to guests. They want to listen to you. You know, I'm getting pretty good ratings. I don't need you to tell me what what I need to do. And then but what I started to notice is these podcasts are like an hour long. The Athletic, people are actually paying for a website for long articles again. I'm one of them. If you give people good content, they will listen.
2: Well, you know going to the athletic, the days of the long feature stories about specifically about baseball, a team, you know, a game that's every day, it's not really there anymore. I mean, it's, it's really chopped up. Even if you buy the LA times or, you know, or, or San Francisco Chronicle, but well, they run some, but not, not to what, like the Marcus Simeon story that was on the athletic yesterday, written by Ken Rosenthal. It was well thought out. It was full of quotes from all around the country, from Ron Washington to Jed Lowry, to Bob Melvin, to Marcus, uh, it was just a thorough article, and there was no worry about I'm out of space. How many more inches am I allowed to, to write? That's going to fit in the space that's I'm being provided. It's just it's it, it goes on and on, and it allows them to really expand and do some uh, deep diving in a variety of things.
3: Yeah, and, and one of the articles that's on there today by Jim Bowden, the former GM of the uh, Reds and the Nationals, and he does a great job as he's gone over there from ESPN. I love reading him because, you know, you're getting that perspective of a guy that's been there and done that. And his article is, how can you blame the managers now for wins and losses when the front office has so much to do with how the game is being played.
2: Well, they certainly have a lot to say about how the lineups are constructed even before a pitch is thrown. And then thinking about how the moves are orchestrated throughout the course of the game. And there's conversations with the majority of front offices and uh, their respective managers after the games about why why did A, B, or C happen or why didn't you do D, E, or F in those certain circumstances? Because there's some data that they're using – and it's always the data not necessarily versus you know my eyes and my gut and my experience but uh, they have to come together and work together and when they do then you have a lot of success but when there's some some friction or some discussion or some concern about why this happened because our paper says this but this is what i'm seeing there has to be an understanding that there has to be give and take on both sides you really got to pick your battles whether you're the front office or whether you're the manager and that allows to have a degree of harmony, which is necessary over the course of a six-month season. By the way, I've got breaking news for you. As you notice, it's, it's 10 after 5, and you don't see anybody taking any early BP or taking any ground balls right now, do you? No. Seem, seem unusual to you?
3: I, I've been wondering, like, when's stuff going to be happening?
2: Well, the reason why is, if you look out at second base, beyond second base, at the, at the little screen out there with the gentleman in the all black, right above him is a very large hive of bees, and right on that screen, and so the concern is, you know, how do we get those bees from point A to point B off the field? Otherwise, I don't think anybody's really interested in going out there and uh, whacking a ball off that screen to disperse the those bees, who probably won't be very happy with that.
3: This has been a problem in Southern California because they've they've had this issue multiple times down at Petco Park.
2: Well, they had the issue earlier this year for the Giants as well in in uh, Cincinnati, where their game was delayed, I think, by seventeen or eighteen minutes. Because of bees, to their advantage. I mean, who could have possibly predicted this? They're having this issue. There's bees on the field. Everybody's coming off the field. Nobody's, you know, on the field to play. They're in the in the dugout or they're down in their in their respective clubhouses. And there happen to be two beekeepers that went to the game. One guy was like, sitting in the suites. Another guy just had a beer and a t-shirt. He's saying, "Oh yeah, we do this for a living." Oh, you you have ABC bee, beekeeping. Oh, really? I, I have XYZ beekeeping. Oh, that's the way you do it. Well, that's the way we do it. Let's go out there and save the day, and that's what they did. So, what are we going to do here? I don't know, but it was several hundred pounds of bees that they removed from from Cincinnati. It's not quite that size out there, but it's it's. I can see
3: it now. I see the hive.
2: But I can, You don't see anybody hanging out out there, so somebody's somebody's concerned about that.
3: So, because so what they want to be PC about it and bring out an exterminator who's going to save the bees
2: and move them somewhere. The, the key is, as I read about it, is you get you get the queen and the. The rest of the worker bees follow the queen. If you capture the queen, the bees will simply follow wherever that queen is, and if you get it into a, some sort of box or whatnot, then you box it up, and out you go, and nobody gets hurt.
3: See, this is the kind of knowledge you get on Ace Cast Live. You can't get this anywhere else. That's wonderful bee knowledge right there.
2: Well, you know, I, you know, uh, what was the Jerry Seinfeld movie? Bee, uh, bee, bee Story B, where he played the bee, you know, Jerry Seinfeld. It was the, it was the uh, animation movie. My kids watch it like a thousand times. <laughs> I
3: probably own it.
2: Yeah, I'm sure you do.
3: <laughs> that and every Disney princess movie <laughs> I have still at my house. <laughs> so, yeah, that's uh, so a good chance we're not taking BP today then, huh? Well, I don't
2: know. I'm, I'm not going to do it quite to that length, but it does seem like the Angels are a little behind schedule.
3: Yeah, because uh, I'm looking at Mark Canna's out talking to some fans. There's, there's fans coming around. So there's fans on the field that, like we see in Oakland, who want to – watch batting practice, but, uh, there is absolutely nothing going on here. So we'll see how fast and it you know, it's tough to get people into places like this because of the traffic is I always forget. As soon as I got out of the airport today, as soon as we get out of the airport and you're on the freeway, you're in traffic. So calling someone to get here quick is uh, not going to happen. I want to get into bunting with you because you know, I got to deal with this all the time. Okay. People call in all the time and I try and tell them I, I get it. These guys don't bunt. Their careers, they don't bunt. People don't bunt anymore. They don't give up outs. They're not bunting in high school. They're not bunting in college. No one's bunting anymore. So when you get up here, it's like I'm trying to tell them, like, they're not good at it.
2: Well, Stephen Piscotti was asked to do that earlier this year, and he executed it perfectly in a game which the A's won. I I heard you earlier today talking about when uh, Robbie Grossman doubled the lead off the ninth. Why doesn't Laureano bunt? It's a fair question. Because you don't see it enough, um, you're, you're fearful that you're that you're giving away an out that doesn't. A, you're giving away an out, and B, you may be giving away the out that doesn't advance the runner, which is you know absolutely the thing that you don't want to have happen. And that's certainly part of the fear. Plus, you got a guy up there in Lauriano's. By the way, at the moment, in that moment, was the hottest hitter in baseball. Sixteen-game hitting streak on base, twenty-three consecutive games. So, I mean, you you want him swinging the bat because he has been delivering time and time again over an extended period of time
3: yeah as you mentioned red hot you're talking about a guy five homers nine doubles 15 runs scored during his still 24 on base streak why would you take the bat out of the hands of a guy who is
2: red hot right now and he was aggressive first pit swing on a fastball that was in the zone that he just missed it in that particular uh, at bat against uh, Hansel robles i mean I think that's what you want to do you want you want your guy that's hot uh, aggressive, taking a rip at a pitch he thought he could do some damage on, didn't work out his way, but I think that's what you want to see happen. When you think
3: about Laureano, we know, I mean, the plays that he has made, the play that he made here last year, the play of the year, when the offense starts to match the defense, you got something pretty special there in center field.
2: Let, let me put this in perspective for you, and, and I think this this will help people in regard to Ramon Laureano. Tonight, for Ramon, will be his 110th big league game. Not even a full season yet. You you really don't know what you have at Ramon Laureano. He came up in August last year, started the season with the A's, struggled a bit in spring training, struggled at the beginning, began to shorten and shrink the strike zone, began to lay off the sliders, and you know, we're seeing more and more success. My point is, is that there's a lot to like about Ramon Laureano and don't even begin to think that you know all you all you think you will know about Ramon's game because he hasn't even played a full season yet. There's a lot of baseball left to to get an idea on what kind of a player Ramon can be. There are times in center field as talented and as exciting as he is, he takes in, you know, he takes a route. That's not accurate. You know, it's, it's a bit inconsistent and he needs to continue to work on that. Sometimes he, he doesn't take the right, you know, drop steps. Sometimes he misreads the ball. Yeah. Tough time at, at Fenway park this year against the Red Sox. And again, I'm, it's all to, It's still part of the process. Offensively, it's still part of the process. He got off to a hot start last year. Teams didn't have enough time to really figure him out. They started to do that this season, so then it was his turn to return serve, if you will, and make the adjustments, which he has done, and that cat and mouse will go back and forth. We have
3: breaking news. It looks like we have a, a beekeeper heading out into center field right now. He better now. be a
2: beekeeper. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so he's got, the, he's got the gear, so he's pretty protective. You, you're going to get live play-by-play. Of what they're going to do with the hive as Vince told you that they need to get the Queen and once the Queen every once you get the Queen everybody follows
2: if this guy's gonna use the vacuum to try to just suck all the bees he's gonna be in trouble I think it's not gonna go as smoothly as he would want this is an interesting gamble on their part the guy has a you know he has a hat on he has you know that uh, khaki colored quasi work shirt on I don't see a logo that says bees are us or anything hope that's the case though if you're if you if you're the two guys standing behind the guy with the vacuum hose in his hand you better hope this guy's getting it right
3: this is fascinating so he's holding up the vacuum and they're vacuuming up the bees it's working it is you have the binoculars it's working. even Mark Langston has it now he's got the binoculars going I, I think uh, BP might be done as they're uh, pulling up the tarps right now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's interesting because the A's will not be doing any batting practice in Texas. Because of the schedule getting in you know so early in the morning tomorrow, somewhere between 5 and 6, oh. and then having the day-night doubleheader and having the heat and then having the day game on Sunday, it, it would appear at this point that the A's from tomorrow forward would maybe hit once on the field. That would be the opening day Monday at the TROP against the Rays, so uh, by canceling BP today, if that's the case, it does look like, because they're, they're pulling up their stakes and they're going home, that uh, everybody's got to do the work inside again. You know, that's that,
3: that's that's rough on guys who don't play every day. Mm-hmm. You know, if you play, I mean, if you're Marcus Simeon, you're Matt Chapman, I can understand taking a couple days off BP helped a little bit of the wear and tear. But if you're somebody that's not getting consistent at-bats. Chad Pinder's had two at-bats since May 23rd. Yeah, how about Canna?
2: Yeah, but well, Canna's played some because of the injury to Chris Davis. And this, by the way, this vacuum method has been uh, working rather efficiently. Most of the bees are in the, in the tube and then into the little, the little container.
3: We will have baseball tonight.
2: yes we will can we we have some baseball talk right now (laughs) we will have some baseball tonight
3: and hopefully and, and i mentioned this in yesterday's show and and it's just when you play four hours and you lose that's just rough that's rough on everybody it i mean the players the broadcasters the fans you're playing these games that are four and a half hours and you don't and you don't bring it home. It's one thing when you bring it home, but if you don't bring it home, that's
2: that's brutal. Yeah, it's it. And as many times as the lead changed hands last night, and the way the game went back and forth, and the method in which the A's lost the game, just that unique play with the fly ball to left. I mean, it all just kind of steamrolls a night that you felt you had in hand. And as you talked with David Forest earlier today, the bottom line is you you're leading seven one. And I know there's still a lot of baseball to be played, but you're leading seven one. You you have to feel like that's a game that you can keep keep in hand and, and take it to the house and the as didn't do that
3: no doubt we'll continue right here a's cast live on a's cast powered by tune in
0: you on your next jog or road trip head over to athletics.com podcasts and you can download episodes of taking effect green and gold history a season on the road and more visit athletics.com podcasts today if you're a baseball fan and a parent you've probably had to explain to your kid that a tutu count isn't something a ballerina wears. As a parent or even a sibling, you may have also had to explain that a makeup game doesn't involve lipstick or mascara. But as a parent and an A's fan, we do hope you know about our new A's stomping ground. This awesome space is open and waiting for you. From awesome new games for kids to interactive activities, the A Stomping Ground is right for you and your family. So the next time the kids want to know what a sandwich pick is or who got that 2 2 pitch, you will know it's time to go to a ball game and visit the A Stomping Ground, a free area in right field for kids and families. Visit athletics.com slash stomping ground to learn today. That's athletics.com slash stomping ground. Chris Townsend for
3: nestbedding.com if you've been mattress shopping you know the cost of a memory foam mattress is insane and what do you know about the company that makes the mattress and the other one that sold it to you check out my friends at nestbedding.com a local company that actually makes the mattress they sell right here in the usa which means you get a high quality memory foam mattress at half the cost and shipping is always free i love this company local business made in the usa free shipping did i mention their lifetime guarantee mattress and bedding needs go to nest betting.com
0: now is the time to secure your own terrace table with seating for two or four people to eat drink and cheer the a's right from these amazing new half moon tables with awesome in-seat ordering and exclusive discounts this might be the best seat in the house so grab your friends family or co-workers and come out early for a great day at the ballpark To learn more about the Terrace and some of the other exciting new ballpark locations, visit athletics.com slash premium today.
1: Hey, kids, have you ever wanted to run the bases like your favorite A's player? Well, here's your chance. Children ages 14 and under can come onto the field following most Sunday home games and race around the bases with A's mascot Stomper there to cheer them on. Make sure to pack your running shoes so you can show off your speed. Race Around the Bases is brought to you by the Oakland A's Community Fund.
0: Looking for the latest on the A's minor leagues? One of the latest additions to A's cast is The Farm. A look around the minor leagues with interviews, updates, and profiles on the future A's tearing up the minors. Streaming from the East Bay, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend.
3: It is A's Cast Live, and we're live from Anaheim. It's our first roadie, Vince Catronio, on A's Cast Live, and it's actually working out.
2: Townie on the road.
3: You, you, you never know. We'll be doing this from Tampa. When, once, a, once a ball club gets to Tampa, we'll be doing it from Texas tomorrow. Really? We're getting in at 5 a.m.?
2: Yeah. Don't you get the itineraries no, from Mickey Morbido? No,
3: I just get told to show up. <laughs> yeah. Well, I actually researched it because, you know, Mickey and I sit together a lot at home games. And Mickey told me the story. It was down at spring training. I think it might have been last year. It's like Tony Larusa, Artie Moreno, and a couple other big wigs. And he had to deliver something at spring training for one of them. And he actually he he, he goes to Artie, he goes, Artie you're not only hurting us, you're hurting your own team. Sure. And Artie Moreno goes, well, let me tell you something. It's about three to $400,000 difference playing day game to night game. So I actually researched it. And the LA times this year did a story about the angels playing on a getaway day, still playing night games because of the dramatic difference. And it said in that article, it can be anywhere from 400 to $500,000 difference. Yeah. But if
2: if if today's conversation is about player safety and player, you know, keeping them, you know, in the in the right frame to to perform at the highest level, and you're paying them at a significant amount of money, I mean, you're, ta- you're talking about, I get that that's a significant number, but it's it doesn't even equal the number of a first day rookie player salary, it makes five hundred and sixty thousand dollars a year. So first year guy, it's, you know, it, it, first year is the first year guy leading your club, probably not. So you want to keep the other guys refreshed and ready to go. And, and they, they also get the wrath from other clubs around the league because teams like the A's are not afforded a, a, a better travel opportunity to get into Texas. They say, the Players Association said, that the flight's two and a half hours. And it's not. It's longer. It's probably closer to three. And so, you know, it's all this fighting back and forth and these semantics about who, what, or the other – and instead, so the Angels, when they're through, when they're on the road sometimes, and they want an early getaway day because of their schedule situation, oftentimes they're the ones that are told, "Talk to your guys. You don't give it to us. We're not giving it to you." The A's are as good as anybody in providing those kind of getaway days in baseball.
3: That's interesting. I didn't know that. So these other teams stick it to them because they they absolutely. Have a, that's not right.
2: Well, it started here, though. I mean, yeah, we not- did. We didn't start the fire.
3: <laughs> I mean, that's just not smart business when you think about it. And as you mentioned, I mean, you got a player like Mike Trout. I wonder like, because I know certain players have a tremendous amount of pull. Like, I can tell you, like, the, the quarterback of an NFL team has a lot of pull. Um, I wonder why Mike, Mike Trout steps in and goes, hey, listen, we need to change this because this is affecting our ball club. And we now know. We now know because we lived it in 2012. No one can ever say to me again, ah, it's just a game. Texas Rangers win one more game early in the season. Sure. They would have never had that issue with the A's in 2012. So every game does matter.
2: So when Hamilton dropped the ball, would it have meant that big of a thing? Wouldn't what, what have been my signature thing on my phone? <laughs> no. <laughs>
3: Is that the signature oh, moment for you?
2: It's not, it's not on my phone, and it's not the signature moment.
3: <laughs> I tell you what, it was a great post-game show after that game, but that was that was truly amazing. So, you know, when we, I was talking with Sarah Langs earlier, and I mentioned this, and just looking at this game today, because a lot of people have talked about, you know, oh, baseball's missing great athletes. And I, I think people they have no idea what they're talking about. I think of the athletes that are just gonna be here alone today. When you when you think of The kind of athlete Matt Chapman is and what he showed us last night diving in to home plate head first. We know Trout. Trout looks like a guy who could play free safety in the NFL. Trout's a tremendous athlete. And still, I'm amazed at the size and speed of Shohei Otani and the amount of time it takes for him just to get from one base to another, as we saw last night how he scored on the ground ball to Matt Olson. And he's just so far down the line. He's so fast. I, there's so many great athletes just playing in this game tonight.
2: There are. And like you said, you can multiply that over the majority of games in baseball. And as, as Rob Manfred has said, he's taken a little bit of a tour around the country. He said the highest, The highest participation now for youth is baseball, baseball and softball by kids. And and, and a lot of it has been tied into the play ball initiative that Major League Baseball uh, put together starting, I think, four or five years ago. And they're seeing a a legitimate increase in participation. And that's what you're asking for. You're asking for the pool to grow to give you more opportunities to, uh, to get guys. Like when we talked with Eric Kubota last week, looking back on last year with Kyler Murray being drafted number one, he said, I, I still feel like he would be a, a, you know, an impactful player on the major league level. It was our fault that we misread the kind of football player he was. We, because we were great baseball scouts, we were terrible football scouts. And that's how, kind of how it turned out.
3: You know, I've been sticking up for the front office on that one because, you know, being a big college football fan, I knew what was going on. And when I interviewed Kyler, he was all in on baseball. Remember, he came to take BP with Boris and all the people, and Boris' people allowed me to interview him. And at that point, Kyler was in a competition. He was not the starting quarterback. Now, he had backed up Baker Mayfield, but going in, there was – I can't remember the guy's name. No one remembers that guy's name now, but he was in a quarterback competition. He was not guaranteed the starting job. So you went from not being guaranteed the starting job to being the Heisman Trophy winner and to being the first pick in the draft, the first quarterback ever taken number one at 5'10". I mean, what you could, there's no way the A's or anybody else could have solved that coming.
2: No, it, was, it definitely was a, a perfect storm, and, and you felt like that Kyler wanted to get football out of a system, so to speak. And maybe if he was a talented defensive back or a wide receiver, it would have been a, a different outcome for the athletics. But when you are the leader, as you are at quarterback, and you get a chance to lead in front of 60,000 people you know, once a week and you have the kind of year that he had, it's hard to walk away from that. You know, if he you know, Jeff Samarjo walked away from football. He was a very talented receiver at Notre Dame and he saw the opportunity to, to uh, you know have a, a better financial athletic career as a baseball player and he was right. And you know, Kyler right now sees the opportunity that presents itself as a football player, but but remember, you don't know how it's gonna turn out and the Ace still hold the rights to Kyler Murray. So while the story seems mostly closed, the book is not completely closed on Kyler Murray. Yeah,
3: Austin Kendall, Commander Cody came up with it. Austin Kendall was the guy who was in the court. Austin Kendall, it's your fault that Kyler Murray's not in the A system because you couldn't beat him out. And I, I'm rooting for him, And but as you said, quarterback's a different ballgame. You know, it's one thing, and this is what Deion Sanders said, it's one thing when you're just coming in and you're a cornerback and you're Deion Sanders and you're saying, hey, cover the best wide receiver, or you're Bo Jackson and you're coming in and all you got to do is learn the running plays and and the protection scheme and you can get right in there and do that. And Bo was such a phenomenal athlete that when he walked on the field, he was already the number one athlete even though he'd been playing for the Royals and didn't go through camp and everything. The quarterback is different. You've got to be there every – you you don't practice as much as you used to because of their CBA, but the quarterback needs to be in the building at – On a consistent basis. If you're talking about what you're going to see with either Derek Carr or Jimmy Garoppolo, Raiders or 49ers, these guys are going to be at the building every single day. They're going to be there all the time. They're going to be there in the offseason. They got to be working. And you got two, you know, you just like what Kyler's going to have with Cliff Kingsbury is what you have with Garoppolo, and it's what you have with Carr, is that your head coach is also the play caller. So you need to be in sync with that head coach and that's why quarterback you can't come play baseball and then just show up and say hey it's a football season let's do this
2: no it's it it's extremely complicated and all the different reads you've got to make and check downs and information that you have to process in a matter of an eyelash with guys that are 6'2 260 that are coming at you to rip your head off it's it's not an easy sport to play i mean I, you're down on the field for the raiders i i feel like as is the case with most sports television in in regard to football does not expose the amount of violence that happens on that field each and every play and you don't really experience that by seeing it on tv just like you don't experience really the speed of a major league baseball game by watching it on television or even coco sitting with us you know up in the press box the game it's a lot slower from, from where we sit from behind home plate than when it's actually happening on the field.
3: Yeah, when you're watching on TV, oh, it's a 98-mile-an-hour fastball. Uh, 98, it's, it's tough just to play catch. and you know When we had uh, Trevino and Trinan on together, and they play catch, it's not easy just to play, little, forget hitting, just to actually catch it with your glove. When someone throws that hard and the ball moves like that, You can get hurt, as what happened earlier this year with Trevino, where he ripped up his thumb because he had trouble seeing the ball, and the ball's coming at such velocity. Yeah, so on TV, you know, these guys make it look easy. But if you stood up there, that's a scary proposition when a guy's up on the mound, he's 60 feet, 6 inches, and he's throwing hard enough to really injure you
2: severely. I always get a kick out of people that watch golf, either on television or in person. And they have an appreciation that there's no way that they're going to drive the ball 320 yards. There's no way they're going to split a 20-yard fairway. There's no way they're going to read a double-break putt you know, from 30 feet to knock it in for birdie. But yet, they, they're sitting in the stands, and they got their social beverage, and they got their hot dog, and a guy can't hit a 90 mile fastball. They're screaming at them like it's the same game they played when they were in high school. It's not even close. I mean, the, these guys that are out here, the 25th guy on the roster for any team is by far the best athlete in whatever town he came from, you know, whatever high school program he came from. You know, people don't understand that sometimes, and it drives me crazy that they try to equate the game that they're watching at the highest level with the game that they played, you know, many, many years ago uh, as opposed to watching a different sport at its highest level and have an appreciation that I can't do that, but they feel like they can down here sometimes.
3: You know what's crazy about golf, like when I go out to the AT&T at a pebble, is people will get right around the player. Right? They'll get right around the player because they want to be there. When make, like, he literally, if he shanks, this is going right into your skull. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe that people get so close. And, and, and to bring up football, this year I really learned the pain that these guys go through, the injuries, because one of my jobs as the sideline guy for the Raiders is I've got to find out what's wrong with the guy, and then I've got to report it to Brent Musburger. And the pain that you see these men go through on the field it's it really is sad yeah I mean what they are doing to their bodies to play at the highest level but these guys come off this from the field in such pain and that's why they now put that tent over because they don't want you to see exactly the pain that they're in but I've been there and I saw it last year where guys you know they put the tent over and the doctors go in and the guy's screaming absolutely scream I mean it's just it it it's sad what these guys go through, but obviously they're getting paid what they're getting paid well and they want to play football. But it's just when you hear a grown man scream like that, boy, it hits you in the heart.
2: Well, and that's why there's a lot of pushback on teams being asked to play Thursday night football after they played Sunday afternoon. Because their body just has not I mean it hasn't recovered. And you're seeing you know it better than I do, but I'm sure there's studies out there on the number of injuries that have occurred to those teams that played on Thursday after playing Sunday.
3: Yeah, and then they try to say, oh, but you got a lot of time off after that. I saw it this year with the, with the uh, 49ers and the Raiders and how bad the game is, is that these guys, you know, you, you, you can you can give them all the painkillers you want. You can do all that, but you just, just really do not have enough time. We're going to come up talking about some all-stars here. There's some potential all-stars. They did a nice article on MLB.com about potential all-stars, guys that you didn't think would be all-stars that could be all-stars, Got one for the A's and a guy who used to play for the A's. We'll do that next right here on A's Gas Live.
1: Want to give back to the community along with some of your favorite A's players and front office staff? Through the A's volunteer team, fans can join us in giving back to Oakland and the East Bay. Through your time and energy, fans can earn rewards based on the number of hours spent volunteering. To get started, visit athletics.com slash community. That's athletics.com slash community.
0: From suite plans to single game suites, there's nothing like premium hospitality and athletics baseball. New for the 2019 season, food and beverages are now included in all suites plus options to create a three game suite plan. Plus select plans also include an A's access membership, allowing you to attend every regular season home game. To learn more about A's suites, visit athletics.com suites. That's athletics.com suites. Now is the time to secure your own terrace table with seating for two or four people to eat, drink, and cheer the A's right from these amazing new half-moon tables. With awesome in-seat ordering and exclusive discounts, this might be the best seat in the house. So grab your friends, family, or co-workers and come out early for a great day at the ballpark. To learn more about the Terrace and some of the other exciting new ballpark locations, visit athletics.com/premium today. Free parking, free drinks, and maybe even your favorite A's players flying into your lap. The Field Box is a great way to entertain clients or enjoy a game with your family and friends. Located next to each dugout, now is your time to get in on the action right from the field. To learn more about the Field Box and other premium seating options, visit athletics.com premium. Or call us at 510 638 go A's. That's 510-638-4627. 510-638-4627.
1: Want to take home half of the 50-50 pot? This season, you'll have even more opportunities to test out your luck. The Oakland A's Community Fund will host a 50-50 raffle at every home game in 2019. Tickets are sold from gates opening through the last out of the sixth inning, from raffle sellers, or at the kiosk at Section 217. The winner will be announced in-game and will receive 50% of the jackpot, with the remainder benefiting the Oakland A's Community Fund. Learn more at athletics.com raffle.
0: Playing in Hero Town, it's only fitting to get your group together to reserve the Budweiser Hero Deck. Located next to the right field foul pole, this awesome new space can hold around 100 people and a bunch of home run balls. With an all-inclusive buffet, now is the time to be the hero of your friends and colleagues by grabbing tickets and a cold one for a great day at the ballpark. For more information about the Budweiser Hero Deck, visit athletics.com premium today.
3: This is 30-year season ticket holder Steve Douglas from Douglas Parking, and
0: you're listening to A's Cast Live.
3: is essentially to remove a torn tendon and allow the hamstring properly. Paparosa says the team. Okay, we'll see. A's Cast Live with Chris Townsend from Anaheim. Vince Catronio joining us. You're going to be a regular on what? Tuesday's your day?
2: Whatever day you want Tony. Tuesday's for, your day.
3: You. So bad news for Jarrell Cotton, and this is really sad. He's got a torn hamstring. They just he had surgery today to remove a torn tendon in his hamstring. Not sure whether he's, I, I think the A's hope he'll pitch again sometime this year, but obviously we'll have to wait and see on that. But now here's a guy battling back from Tommy John surgery. And then you tear up your hamstring what a horrible story he
2: he had some discomfort in it before a start in uh, stockton pitched through it apparently then had some more pain afterwards they didn't announce the doctor i'm pretty sure it's dr john conway who performed the surgery he's in dallas he's a former ranger orthopedic who kind of developed this procedure it started with ricky leday back in the uh, 90s where he would remove the tendon and others have had this done with dr conway there in in the fort worth office office where i have been a patient so i I certainly know about Mr. Dr. Conway. What'd they fix with you? <laughs> you there's nothing that can not be fixed around <laughs> here. They said, they said, thanks for coming in. You're, you're not one we can help.
3: Your insurance can't cover this. <laughs> All right, so they have the AL West sleepers, the all-star sleepers, and I think Tommy LaStella, obviously what he's been doing for the Angels and what he's been doing against the A's I could definitely see that. I mean, he, he, he's been a tough out for the green and gold.
2: Not just the green and gold. I mean, he's hit over 300, so he's done a lot of damage against everybody. It's been a pretty remarkable story. He hit a bunch of home runs in college, then got away from that you know, when he was with the Cubs because he, or with the Braves initially, filling in for Dan Uggla because he thought his role of the big leagues was going to be a guy coming off the bench. He thought he had to be a slap hitter. And then as you know, the, the years went on and he was with the Cubs during the uh, World Series run, but actually left the team because he, lost enjoyment for the game, and then came back and was on the club when they clinched, played, I think, one game in the postseason, wasn't on the NLCS or the World Series roster. Then he just decided, I'm I'm going back to my old swing from college, from Coastal Carolina, and we're seeing the results this year. It's been been a remarkable story, and he has really had a a great first uh, seven weeks.
3: You know, everybody on this list is really a remarkable story. How about Hunter Pence for the Texas Rangers, who we're going to see – over the weekend went yard again today against the Orioles he's got 12 home runs he couldn't he had trouble making contact I mean it was it was he was a tough watch with the San Francisco Giants even though that everybody loved Hunter Pence because all the inspirational speeches and everything he was he he was flat out terrible thought would never play in the big leagues again and now he's got 12 bombs well
2: I came here to Southern California worked with one of the swing gurus during the winter Made some adjustments to his swing. Uh, I can't really tell you specifically what they did, but then he went to the Dominican, and he played down there in a handful of games, trying to impart that swing in some game situations to find to find a job. And you're right. I mean, it, it, he's become more than just the guy that gives the inspirational speeches. Again, he you know, went to school down the street, UT Arlington. He's from the area, so it, it's a. He's he's certainly the comeback player of the year, the leader in the clubhouse right now. I was
3: about to say he's got to
2: be the front runner. Yeah,
3: because i you know having to watch. I don't have to watch as so many Giant games as I used to, but having to watch Giants games, it was like – it it was painful to watch him. Yeah. And to think that what he's doing now – how about Dan Vogelback? We've seen that firsthand. Yeah. The slugger up in Seattle with his 15 home runs, I could see him being a sleeper for the All-Star game. Not
2: just a sl- he might be their one representative. I mean, who else would you pick from that club at this point?
3: Incarnation. Incarnation.
2: Take your time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, th- I, think, I think right now, I think it's Vogelback.
3: They got out to a 13 to 2 start. Smoke and, and mirrors. And since then, they can't win. They just can't win. They're terrible.
2: I think they they understood that that was maybe an unrealistic start. Uh, and as the season went on, I don't think they expected it to be as bad as it was. They didn't expect it to be 11 games over 500, 15 games into, this, into the season. But they didn't expect it to be. Is in as deep a hole as they are now uh, this year. But they knew that this was going to be a transition year. They've already moved Jay Bruce. There's others that they're trying to move as well. So by the time the A's see them again around uh, the All-Star break, they, they'll be a much different-looking club.
3: And then the guy for the Houston Astros that they have as a sleeper in this article, once again, a very good article on MLB.com, our old friend, Josh Reddick.
2: Yeah, he's having a nice bounce back here, hitting lefties again yeah. this year, using the opposite field played terrific defense he's robbed a, a couple of home runs over the wall here recently hard hard thing for Josh is that you know Verlander's going and Bregman is going uh you know it, it's just tough to, to to break through there and a team like the A's they're gonna be hard-pressed to get more than one player there and you know, you know Orioles are gonna have one player there the White Sox are probably gonna have one player there so uh, as talented and as good a first half as Josh is having he may You know, there's always going to be disappointment for guys that you say, my guy should have gotten in because they have to take somebody from every team. I think they should take somebody from every team, either expand the roster or keep it the way it is. And, you know, I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not in favor of, well, your team wasn't good enough. There wasn't anybody in your team. That's, that's an all star. So you're not going to be represented.
3: I agree with you. I've always thought, I think it's special that everybody, because there's been some years where, There'll be a representative, a guy that really shouldn't be at the All-Star game. But I think every baseball fan should see their uniform in the game.
2: Yeah, I agree. And I think and the other thing I say too, for the teams that have only one representative at the game, it's mandatory that they get that player in the game. There have been times recently where players have gone there, the one representative for the team, and they did not get a chance to play. And I think, you know, I think that player. Should get the at-bat or play the field defensively or, you know, pitch to a batter. I think that, that person deserves the experience.
3: I mean, it's an exhibition game. For God's sakes, they're all taking selfies now with each other out on the field. Yeah, no, really, it, doesn't count,
2: it doesn't count anymore.
3: Yeah. what well, that was like the dumbest thing ever.
2: Yeah. Well, you got, and you got Alex Rodriguez talking to guys live, you know, during, uh, during the game or whatever, and they're mic'd up as the ball's being hit in the air. So let's have some fun with it. It's it, still the best all-star game of the big four sports by far.
3: Because it's still a game. Because you still have you have you have you have guys that don't want to get embarrassed. I've said this for years. You're still going to have the pitcher up there throwing as hard as he can.
2: Yeah, Verlander's not going to give you a BP fastball.
3: And then you got hitters up there swinging as hard as they can because you, you 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 don't want to embarrass yourself. And that's I'll never forget. Remember Brad Penny came out and he was starting. He was the Dodgers. I I mean he was all, all of a sudden maybe the gun's a little juice for the All Star game, but he was getting like ninety nine, ninety eight. I mean, you're, you're pumped out. You're going out there as a pitcher, and you're saying, I'm going to be out here for three outs, and I got everybody watching in the game. I'm coming out here
2: blowing smoke. The other thing I used to love about it that, that really frustrates me about today's game is that in the All-Star game, then everybody got a chance to wear the white shoes. You know, they got to be cool because you could wear whatever you wanted because the footwear police wasn't around, and now Mike Trout's wearing white shoes, for goodness sakes. I mean, I love Mike Trout, but the white shoes belong to one team and one team only. And they're in the East Bay. I I just don't think during the regular season that you should get to wear white shoes. That's not part of your uniform. It's been a part of the A's uniform since day one. Just the way I feel. I hear you.
3: And then for the A's, this is a no-brainer. Josh Fegley. That's who they have as the sleeper all-star. We were talking at spring training whether he would even be on the roster. Frankie Montas. I think these two guys, we didn't know. I mean, if Chris Herman doesn't get hurt, who's the backup catcher? We don't know. But Josh Fegley has earned the right to potentially be an all-star, and I think on this list, too, you could throw Frankie Montas on there, too. I
2: think you can, but I've, I had a much stronger feelings about Frankie in spring training, going, even going into camp, that he was going to be on the club. Even aside from the out-of-options thing, I thought that he was going to – his arm and his stuff, I thought – and the things that he did last year, maybe not as consistent as we've seen so far this year, but there were enough moments for me that I thought he was going to have a very long rope in spring training, and he took advantage of it. Uh, you know, Fegley's a different story, and his, you know, his conversation about how this offseason went is pretty hilarious. You know, he went. He he lives in Indiana. His in laws are school teachers, so his father in law let him into the high school, you know, facility, and his his father in law, who you know doesn't know a whole lot about baseball, is flipping him balls, just flipping. You know, he's working on a swing, working on a swing, trying to figure out a way to get his bat going. And it just wasn't working. He comes down to spring training, and it's not like he's in a good frame of mind. And spring training starts, and he's still fiddling with stuff and trying to figure out what to do. And he, and he, he admits, goes, look, i mean, I got to figure out, i got to get this thing figured out, or I'm going to be at you know, Las Vegas, and who knows what's going to happen after that. And that's when he worked with Darren Bush, got the hands closer in, and just the way that he, he goes directly, a direct patent out of the baseball and, and seeing the success he's had, been a has been a great story to, to watch unfold.
3: So going into yesterday's game, Hitting 361 with runners on base. I mean, it's just it runners in scoring position hitting 325. He's caught 12 base stealers, which is second most in the majors.
2: And he, last night, you know, in, in the ninth inning with the double for Grossman leading off the frame, he's the last out. He hits a hundred mile an hour p on the ground right at the shortstop. That's the final out of the top of the ninth inning. I mean, even when he's Making outs, he's he's getting some pretty solid contact.
3: And that is so big for Bob Melvin to have a guy, because we always, when a guy starts hitting better, you always say, move him up in the order, move him up. It gives you that length. He's been giving you, I mean, reading those numbers right there, the length that Fegley has given you at the bottom of the order is huge for Bob Melvin.
2: Yep, it is. And it, it's not just, it's an American League thing. It's a successful American League lineup that that has, you know, more thump one through nine than going one through six, like you see most National League lineups.
3: We are going to address something that a lot of people don't like. Oh, this will be good. I can't wait to get some unwritten rules going with Vince oh, Catronio. <laughs> Next right here on A's Gas Live.:
1: The future is bright in Oakland and the East Bay. 15,000 local youth baseball and softball players are participating in the Future A's program, presented by Kaiser Permanente. The club's new initiative provides complimentary jerseys and hats to local youth baseball and softball leagues. Teams also receive additional benefits and support, including development clinics, tickets to A's games, and more. Visit athletics.com future for more information.
0: Free parking, free drinks, and maybe even your favorite A's players flying into your lap. The Field Box is a great way to entertain clients or enjoy a game with your family and friends. Located next to each dugout, now is your time to get in on the action right from the field. To learn more about the Field Box and other premium seating options, visit athletics.com premium. Or call us at 510 638 go A's. That's 510-638-4627. 510-638-4627. It's time to grab your reserved space in the popular Connie Mack Club. The club space gives your group a private area located in Scheib Park Tavern for the entire ball game. The Connie Mack Club features access to outdoor seating and includes a pre-game buffet filled with our highest-end food package. This area of the ballpark is perfect for 30 to 50 guests to kick back, relax, and enjoy the game. For more information about the Connie Mack Club and other group offers, visit athletics.com groups.
1: Want to give back to the community, along with some of your favorite A's players and front office staff? Through the A's volunteer team, fans can join us in giving back to Oakland and the East Bay. Through your time and energy, fans can earn rewards based on the number of hours spent volunteering. To get started, visit athletics.com community. That's athletics.com community. Now is the time to secure your
0: own terrace table with seating for two or four people to eat, drink, and cheer the A's right from these amazing new half-moon tables. With awesome in-seat ordering and exclusive discounts, this might be the best seat in the house. So grab your friends, family, or co-workers and come out early for a great day at the ballpark. To learn more about the terrace and some of the other exciting new ballpark locations, visit athletics.com slash premium today. If you're a baseball fan and a parent, you've probably had to explain to your kid that a 2-2 count isn't something a ballerina wears. As a parent or even a sibling, you may have also had to explain that a makeup game doesn't involve lipstick or mascara. But as a parent and an A's fan, we do hope you know about our new A's stomping ground. This awesome space is open and waiting for you from awesome new games for kids to interactive activities, the A Stomping Ground is right for you and your family. So the next time the kids want to know what a sandwich pick is or who got that 2 2 pitch, you will know it's time to go to a ball game and visit the A Stomping Ground, a free area in right field for kids and families. Visit athletics.com slash stomping ground to learn today. That's athletics.com slash stomping ground. now back to ace cast, cast live here's chris townsend
3: it's now time for a little buying or selling on ace cast
0: live it's time for buying or selling so Sell, right now with chris townsend on A's, A's cast live
3: what do you got commander cody
6: all right guys i got one for you vince you haven't heard this yet but i want i want to ask you guys buying or selling it's okay to lay down a bunt one of no hitters on the line.
2: Well, define on the line.
6: The, the, so like last what we had the Minor League game the other night where the the yeah. team had the combined no-hitter going. The guy dropped on a bunt with one out in the ninth to break up to no hitter. Buying or selling, it's okay to drop down a bunt to break up a no-hitter.
2: I'm okay with it, not with one out in the inning. And I don't care that it's for me personally, I don't care. I don't care that it's a combined no-hitter. A no-hitter is a no-hitter. And I would have preferred to see the guy swing the bat that's my opinion now earlier in uh but for the rockies uh, the guy that laid down the bunt the catcher that laid down the bunt i think it was against Schilling trying to get a trying to get another oh, years ago yeah. yeah yeah it was that that and that was a two nothing game and i was okay with that because it was still all of a sudden he brings the tiger to the plate that's a much different scenario than one out in the ninth down three nothing it's it's borderline we just talked with mark langston He's okay with it. He won a lot more games in the big leagues than I did, so I'll defer to him.
3: I'm okay with it. I'm buying it. I get so tired of people telling me what what people can do and what people can't do. What I'm, what am I trying to do? I'm trying to get on. I'm trying to score. I'm trying to win a game. I'm not worried about the combined no hitter. I'm, I'm trying. I'm a competitor. I'm trying to do. If you and and,
2: and those if, the guys that were on the mound, they weren't competing.
3: Well, if you're shifting and you're giving me a bunt, I'm
6: taking it. I don't care what the score is. Okay. So I mean, that's how I look at it number two all right guys buying or selling this one we are living in the golden age of third base in major league baseball There 17 third basemen in the currently in the the major league or in the baseball hall of fame chipper jones being the last one to go in right now we have nolan arenado matt chapman chris bryant rafael devers alex bregman justin turner and you have young guys like vlad guerrero jr and austin riley playing buying or selling we're living in the golden age of third baseman in major league baseball
3: I think uh, I, I I could buy it. I think about the 80s when you had Schmidt, Brett, Boggs, guys like that. But this young core and the guys, I mean, all those guys he just mentioned, you'd want any of those guys at
2: third base. Like the shortstops, you know, with Tajada and Arod and Nomar uh, and Jeter, that that collection. And people thought that was a golden. Vizquel was in that group as well. I some will some will go on to, to the greatness to the to the Hall of Fame. Some will have very good careers. Uh, I I do think right now that – and you forgot Machado, yeah, too. Yeah, I was about
3: to say, Machado with
2: the Padres. He's back at third base tonight. So, yeah, I, I would say – to me, I'm buying. I, I think so.
3: It just – everybody is more athletic now. It just really is amazing. the We talked about it earlier. The athleticism in baseball, it's all over the place. You know, people are like, well, baseball's losing its athletes. No, it's not. Baseball is a world game, and the best players in the world are all coming here to play.
2: And, I, and I'm watching Matt Chapman in some regards – change the way the position's being played because he plays so deep with his great arm strength and his foot speed i see third baseman not going far as far back as matt but i think they're looking at that opportunity to create that that better angle to their left or to the right have a, an extra second to maybe make a play that they weren't making before
3: great stuff Vinny. we appreciate your time Get okay. you a little BP, get you warmed up. All Coming right. up next, we're going to have A's all night with Alex Jensen, and then I will be back for A's total access at 6.05 from the Big A.
0: This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.